Welcome to the Church on the Rock podcast. It is our prayer that this message brings hope and encouragement into your life as you go about your week. Thanks for tuning in. Praise the Lord. I know some of you are asking about small groups. There's a new one starting this Wednesday at the church, and it even has childcare. They're going to be going through the book called Dream to Destiny. It's 7 o'clock. They're, they're kind of making it uh, where it's open to everybody. Dreams to Destiny. It's a, it's a book by Robert Morse. Changed my life. They're going to do a, a Bible study on it. Mike, stand up. You're, you're going to be teaching the course. Amen. So everybody's welcome to come. And do you do have child care, right? Amen. 7 o'clock this week. Amen. Hey, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you're going to believe something or you want to receive something, you need to make sure... That it, that it has a basis in the Word of God. You know, there's things sometimes that we see and you're like, where's that in the Word? If you're like, where's that in the Word? Stay away from it. Amen? But the baptism in the Holy Spirit is clearly seen and taught in the Bible. And rest assured that you are on a strong, solid, biblical ground in believing in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Last week we talked about the four foundations of Christian faith. And we talked about because Jesus died on the cross, what happens? We have what? Forgiveness of sin. Come on, say it out. Because Jesus died on the cross, we have what? Forgiveness of sin. Because he raised from the dead, what do we have? We have new life. Everybody say, we have new life. Because Jesus raised from the dead, what? Come on. We have what? New life. Now, was Jesus, because Jesus is risen... And he sets at the right hand of the Father. How many know that Ephesians 6, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6 says that we are seated with him in heavenly places. How many believe that today? Amen. Here's the next thing. Because he is exalted, we have the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Brothers and sisters, put that in your spirit. Because of the cross, we've got forgiveness of sin. Because of his resurrection, we have new life. Because he's seated at the right hand of the Father, we're seated with him in heavenly places. And because Jesus is exalted, we have been given the promise of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit was not outpoured in the world until Jesus sat on the right hand of the Father. That's when it happened. There's strong biblical grounds for that. We're going to look today at three baptisms, and we will see that, they're all, that they are talked about throughout the whole Bible. The first one is the baptism, the baptism into the body of Christ. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13, it says this, Some of us were Jews, some of us Gentiles, some of us slaves, and some of us free, but we've all been baptized into one body. It doesn't matter your background, it doesn't matter your skin color, it doesn't matter if you're wealthy or poor. How many know we've all been saved by the same blood and we've all been baptized into the same body of Christ? Somebody say amen. amen. It's because of the Holy Spirit, it says, uh, it, it says by one spirit, we all share in that same spirit. Amen. And then the second baptism is the baptism of water. Matthew twenty-eight nineteen says this. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. Everybody say water baptism. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So there's three baptisms that are for every believer. The first baptism is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. 
And you might think, well, wait a minute, I thought the baptism of the Holy Spirit's later. No, Jesus is the giver of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Brothers and sisters, when the Holy Spirit went, when Jesus sat at the right hand of God, the Holy Spirit was released in the earth. And John chapter 16, verse 8 through 10, talks about one of the responsibilities or one of the things that the Holy Spirit does is he convicts the world of sin. And what that means, that's why it says we're baptized by the Holy Spirit into the body of Christ. What the, how many remember when you were a sinner? How many remember when you were a long way off from God and the Holy Spirit came and convinced you that you needed a Savior? Anybody out there say amen. So, so, so that's the work of the Holy Spirit. He's sent in the earth. In fact, when Peter preached in Acts chapter 2, it says they were convicted so hard in their heart by the Holy Spirit that they gnashed their teeth and, and they were so troubled in their spirit and they cried out, what do we need to do to get saved? When the Holy Spirit moves on you, you don't know when it's going to happen or where you're at or what you're doing. But when the Holy Spirit convicts you of sin, that means that he gets you in a place where you break of your pride and you break of your ego and you want to break out of the sin culture that you're in. And he draws you to where you say, I need Jesus. So that's the first baptism. The first work is the Holy Spirit baptizing you to be saved or be born again into the body of Christ. Then after that, the second thing that happens, it's a progression. It's a progression. You just don't do that and then I'm done. The next thing that happens is you're water baptized. If you haven't been water baptized, you can take one of these connect cards that's in your seats. Fill it out. Take it to the red table today. We're having a baptism May 6th to where you can make a public profession of faith in Jesus Christ. If you have not done that, that's a progression and a next step that you need to choose to do. Amen? And then the third thing is the baptism in or with the Holy Spirit. And that's what we're going to be talking about. Um, Pentecost was 50 days after Jesus rose from the dead. How many know penta means five? Like pentagon, pentagram. It means five. And it comes from the word pentecoste. And, and coste means to the tenth power. So what that means is, is it says that you're going to experience Pentecost 50 days after Jesus rose from the dead. Jesus was here 40 days. How many know Jesus was here 40 days? And if you're a person that doesn't know if you believe in the Lord and say, yeah, the 12 disciples say he rose from the dead, but I don't know about all that. 500 people saw, 500 plus people saw Jesus and it's recorded. There's more documented historical proof that Jesus rose from the dead than there is Paul Revere rode through saying the British are coming. Amen? So, so there is documented proof. He rose from the dead. Okay? So, but, but, but then Jesus was here 40 days, then he ascended, and, they, and he said, tarry in Jerusalem until you receive power from on high. And they waited 10 days in the upper room for the baptism of the Spirit. I want to call this series that we're in the fullness and how we're like waiting in the upper room. And we're believing on the day of, we're going to have this service in our church that we're believing for an outpouring of the Spirit in this 50th day. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's a valid scriptural experience. It should be, if it's valid, hey, if there's ever something, people come up to me and say, the Bible says this. And, you, and they show me one scripture and they've twisted it out to say what they want it to say. But if there's a valid 
scriptural experience, it should be more in more than one place. Don't come to me with just one scripture and, and tell me something. It should be in many places. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is so important that it's in all four Gospels. It's amazing to me that the baptism's in all four Gospels. Because there's only a few things that were in all four Gospels. The birth, the death, the resurrection of Jesus. Those three are in all four Gospels. But the other thing that's in all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, so, so we see this first in Matthew 3.11. John the Baptist said, I baptize you. I baptize with water. Those who repent of their sins and turn to God. But someone is coming, someone soon who's greater than I. Man, I can't, I'm not even worthy to be a slave or to carry his sandals. He, who's he? Who's he? Who's the, who's the giver of the Holy Spirit? Say it again. Who's the giver of the Holy Spirit? Jesus. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. You notice a while ago, I was the one screaming out, Holy Ghost and fire. I was, when Josh gave that word, I was saying, fire burn away what's not holy. I need the fire of the Holy Spirit in my life to burn away what isn't holy. He'll baptize you with Holy Spirit power and with a fire. Amen. So that's the first place. Then you see in Mark chapter 1. A way you can remember it is Mark and John are in chapter 1. And Matthew and Luke are in chapter 3. But Mark 1.8 says this. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Jesus. The third one's in Luke 3.16. I baptize you. In other words, John the Baptist said, I baptize you with water. But someone's coming. We know who that is. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And then the fourth one is John 1.33. I did not know him. But he who sent me to baptize with water said unto me. I want you to be clear on that. John the Baptist said, I didn't know about this, but all I know is God told me. I don't know when God told John the Baptist this, but at some point God told John the Baptist that one day you're going to be baptizing people. You're going to be baptized. How many know he baptized all the time? But he said one day you're going to be baptizing people and it's going to be different this day, this time. That, 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 that the Spirit is going to descend upon one that you're baptized. When that happens, know that that's the Messiah. That's what he was saying. So when you see the Spirit descending, notice this. It says when you see the Spirit descending, this is John 1.33 in New King James Version. When you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him. Everybody say descending. And remaining, and remaining on him. This is he who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. The Spirit descending and remaining on him is a wonderful definition of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would only come upon priests, prophets, and kings, and specialized people, and it would just be on him a minute, and when it was done, when the work was done, he was gone. The Holy Spirit couldn't dwell with men at that point. Amen. So, so, so Jesus is the first one that the Spirit descended on and stayed upon. Think about that. Jesus is the first one that the Holy Spirit descended on and stayed upon. 
And it's because of the holiness and it's because of the sinlessness of Jesus. But later His blood cleanses us and later His blood is on us all the time to where God's presence can be with people that are sinful. Anybody out there say amen. Anybody out there that's sinful besides me, God's presence can't be around that. But when His blood, when He sees you through the blood, then His presence is able to stay with you. And it's because of the blood, and it's because Jesus did away with sin, and He's seated at the right hand of the Father, and His blood's over your life, that the Holy Spirit can descend upon you and remain upon you. I think that's worth a clap right there to the Lord. He descends and remains upon you. Okay, as in all four Gospels, here's another interesting thought about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and this topic. It was the topic of Jesus' final words. Remember I said that Jesus was here 40 days, then He was out of here, He ascended. You can read about that in Acts 1. But here's, what, here's some of the last words that Jesus said. Behold, I'm going to send the promise of my Father. Guys, I, I want you to get this. The Holy Spirit was not released in the earth until Jesus was exalted. Did did the elevator go up and go ding? The Holy Spirit did not saturate the earth like we know it now until Jesus was exalted. That's why you're seeing me make such a big deal when I say, hey, because of the cross, your sins are forgiven. Hey, because of his resurrection, you have new life. Hey, because Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, so are you. Well, because he is exalted, you have the outpouring of the Spirit. Did anybody get that revelation? To to me, that's the beginning of things, is realizing that, that it's not even possible until he was exalted. So, boom, it's a promise of the Father. And then in Acts 1-4 it says, And when they were assembled together with them, he commanded them, Don't depart Jerusalem, but wait for that promise. And then it ends that scripture in verse 5. It says, But you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Was he talking to believers? Yes or no? Was he talking to believers? Yes, he was. Okay. So I want to show you how these three baptisms occur all through the Bible today. Because to me, that's the starting point. Um, I got to talk with Chad about the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the truck the other day. And I said, Chad, I like want you front and center because I want to teach this today. Uh, my, my audience today, I, I'm not trying to feed people that know all this. I'm trying to feed people that don't know anything about the Holy Spirit. And they want the Holy Spirit in their life. And they need some questions answered about it. I'm a Methodist boy that heard about the Father, and I heard about Jesus Christ the Son, but nobody said a thing about the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is so important, brothers and sisters. Okay, so, so the first thing you have to do is you have to have some basis of faith. So you need some word. And, and I'm kind of taking you guys through the same way because I was a doubter of the Holy Spirit. I was a doubter of that. I was like, ah, not for me, not for me, a bunch of fanatics. So I started looking at the Word. But let me show you in the book of Acts about the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 2, verse 37 through 39, Peter's words, in other words, he just got through preaching about the cross. Look at this. It pierced their hearts. It pierced their hearts because the Holy Spirit was there convicting them of, of sin, saying, you need Jesus. 
How many see the work of the Spirit? The Holy Spirit pierced their heart and they said, man, we need Jesus. Brothers, what do we do? Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God. This was the Holy Spirit baptizing them, drawing them and baptizing them into the body of Christ or salvation. And then you shall be baptized in the name of Jesus. That's talking about water baptism for the forgiveness of your sins. Then, everybody say then, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So we see one, two, three baptisms for the promises to you and your children and everybody, okay? Salvation and water baptism, there are very few people that salvation, water baptism, and baptism in the Holy Spirit happen the same day. Very few people. I've only met a a handful in 30 years. Most people get saved, they wait a few months or a few days, then they get water baptism, and then they learn about the Holy Spirit because nobody talks about Him, and they get revelation and understanding about the Holy Spirit, and they're like, I want to experience that, and then that happens. So you see those three baptisms, but rarely do they happen at the same time. Look at, uh, this was one of the big changers for me, you might say. This is a big change. This changed the game for me. This changed the game for me. I mean, to me, to me, a fifth grader can understand this. And and I'm a fifth grader, all right? My wife always says, you act like a fifth grader. Amen? Acts chapter 8, this was a game changer to me. Philip was holding the revival in Samaria, and he went to the Samaria, and he told the people about Jesus, the Messiah. The crowds listened to him intently because they were eager to hear the message. And man, they were seeing a lot of miraculous signs that he was doing. Then I want you to look down at verse 12, Acts 8, 12. But now the people, look at this. He was preaching to them all the time, but now the people, they believe Philip's message about the good news. How many say the good news is the gospel of Jesus Christ? So they believed the message of the cross, and they were saved. How many remember when that happened to you? The things concerning the name of Jesus and the name of Jesus. As a result of that, many men and women were baptized. If you look up that word, it's the Greek word that means to dip underwater, to be water baptized, okay? So we know that they heard the teaching, the Holy Spirit drew them, and they were baptized into the body of Christ, which is salvation, Then they were water baptized. But look at this. Look down at verse 14. When? These were separate occurrences. They were saved. We don't know if it was the same day. Then they took them to the creek. To the creek. The creek. Creek, creek. Whatever you call it. Don't get me started on baptismal stories. I got some hilarious baptismal stories. And they dipped them in water. Could have been that day. Could have been a week from then. We don't know. But we do know this. Did they have Instagram? Did they have phones? Did they have... Did they have... Did they have those? So how long do you think it took to get from Samaria to Jerusalem? I mean, it could have been a while. Come on. Could have been a while. These people were saved, they were water baptized, and then some messenger went to Jerusalem, and we don't know how long it took him, and told, and, and, and then we pick up here, when the apostles in Jerusalem 
heard that the people of Samaria had accepted God's message, they sent Peter and John there. As soon as they arrived, they prayed for these new believers. Anybody out there say amen? To receive the what? The Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them. For they had only been water baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John laid their hands on them, on these believers, and they received the Holy Spirit. Paul's third missionary journey, Acts chapter 19, verse 1. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast, where he found several believers. And he said this, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And he asked them, No. First he said, Did you receive the Holy Spirit since you believed? And then he and and they said like no. Do you know how many Sunday school teachers have tried to dodge that question? Do you know how many Bible teachers have tried to dodge that question? Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believe? Because people have a hard time figuring that one out. No, they replied, we haven't even heard so much of heard about the Holy Spirit. Apparently, that church was like the one I grew up with in. They hadn't even heard about the Holy Spirit. Nobody talked about the Holy Spirit. Sounds like the church I grew up in. But you're in a church that's going to preach the full gospel. That doesn't make us to be arrogant and prideful. There's no arrogance and pride in that. That we're better. Because Sometimes I see churches that are spirit-filled and they're like, we got something you don't have, bless God. Someday you'll be where I'm at on my spiritual plane. Whew, you might have the gifts, but you ain't sure ain't got the fruit, honey. Amen. You ain't got the fruit of it. Amen. Then what, then what baptism did you experience? I want you to imagine this. Him just walking in a city and they said, have you heard about the Holy Spirit? Oh, we haven't even heard about that. Well, what baptism did you experience? And they said, oh, a guy came through here that had camel's clothes on and he had long hair and he ate locusts. Man, he was a strange individual, let me tell you. But he baptized us in the river down here and he said that somebody after me is coming that you need to believe in. He's the Messiah. We've been baptized in that one. We, we heard John's message. And then, the, and then Paul was like, that's all you heard? Let me tell you, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, did come. He was crucified on the cross. He rose from the third day, let me tell you. He's ascended to the right hand of the Father. Uh, uh, 500 people saw this, and I'm a witness of that. And I'm out here telling it. Uh, uh, that message about Jesus, it's true. Now what you need to do, you've heard John's message. Now what you need to do is hear Jesus' message about salvation And with every head bowed and eyes closed, would you lift your hand up if you'd like to receive Jesus Christ in your heart today? They raised their hands up. 
They asked Jesus into their heart. Are y'all with me? Sound familiar? How many says sounds familiar? All right. Now then, it says this. Then what he asked, uh, the baptism, well, John's baptism sent, but John himself told people they should believe. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized. Again, that is the Greek word, which means to submerse or to dip underwater in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And some people take that and say, when you get baptized, you're supposed to be baptized in Jesus' name only. No, that's not what that means. They twist that scripture out of, out of context too. People were baptized in the message of John. They did the baptism written. Now they told about the message of Jesus. And they received that message. And they were baptized into that baptism. But Jesus said, when you baptize. Tell you what, I'm going to listen to Jesus. Baptize him in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen? Somebody say amen. amen. It's the word. Uh, then, look at this. Then when Paul laid his hands on him, the Holy Spirit came. Guys, it is so clear. Three baptisms. If I wanted to, I could preach all morning. I could go to First uh, John chapter uh, 4 and 5 where it says there's three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Spirit. And then it says there's three that bear record on, in earth, the, 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 the something, the Word, and the Spirit. The water, the Word, and the, or the blood, the Word, and the Spirit. And it said these three are one. I mean, there's so many places you can see the three baptisms. I, I can even show you the three baptisms in the Old Testament. I can show you the baptism of the old in the, of the three baptisms in Moses, where they came out of Egypt, where they walked through the, the, the Red the Red Sea was the type of baptism. They came out of Egypt, was baptized into the body of Christ. They went through through the 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 the, the Red Sea. Uh, that's a type of baptism. And then the cloud that went before him and the cloud that Moses went into uh, up on the mountain is the baptism of the Spirit. I can talk to you about Abraham. Abraham was called out of his country. I, uh, you, you can talk about when the covenant happened in, in Genesis 15 and 17. I could go through all that. I can show you that you say, well, how's that the baptism of the, how's, where's the third baptism in that? Well, that's easy when God changed their name. Because it was Abram. But then they put in the Hebrew letter H and made two A's. And that Hebrew word H means breath or spirit. So he said, you no longer shall be called Abram, but you shall be called Abraham. 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 Breath of the spirit. And then, how many know, how many ever had a husband that, that, that you were baptized in the Holy Spirit before your husband? Or your husband got baptized in the Holy Spirit and your wife hadn't yet. God even took care of that one because he changed Sarah's name, S-A-R-A-I. He took the I out. How many know he needs to take the I out of our lives? I, 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 I. He took the I out and he put that Hebrew, I wish I had a, the breath symbolizing the it's all through I, I, I could that's what's fun about the Old Testament if something is valid in Scripture you should be able to see it in the Old Testament the New Testament should be all over the place the three baptisms are all over the place which one are you at which one are you at 
Some of you have just been baptized into the body of Christ or you've been saved. Today is the day to do that second baptism. Water baptism. Hey, obedience, guys. There needs to be an obedience to the word. I, 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 I've really been, I don't know if it's me getting cranky because I've been in the ministry 30 years. Or, or if God's wanting me to get a little tougher. But there's a couple things that bother me. One is when people think the pastor's omniscient. To where when you're going through something that I ought to just know. And then they get mad at you that you don't do something. And you're like, am I supposed to know every living thing about everybody? Oh, let me pray a little more or something. Call and tell us what you need. Amen. Sometimes in the altar call we're like, oh, bless God. Show me what it is. Show me what it is. Just ask them. What are you up here for? I mean, sometimes God will show you things. But sometimes just ask. That's one thing that gets in my craw a little. And then the other thing that bothers me a little is... uh, it is having to run people down. Having to run people down. You know, Jake, I'm just going to be real, real clear with, with you today. I told you the Lord spoke to my heart about you. I didn't see your parents with you because I know your parents. God kept saying, my call is on that boy's life. I kept hearing it. I, I kept seeing you do great exploits for God. I, I was thinking, Lord, is he a preacher? Is he, a, is he an evangelist? Is he an apostle? It, it, there's something special where there's an anointing and an outpouring of the Spirit for you. There's an anointing for him. That, that there's a call on his life. I, 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 mean, I mean that. But, but let me tell you something. Do you know how many people tell me they're called in this church? Here's another thing. I'm, 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 I want people, take responsibility for your call. If you're really called, I don't have to prop you up. If you're really called, I don't got to get you to prayer meeting. If you're really called, I don't got to get you up reading your word and always be there to, I got to motivate myself. You got to, hey, let me tell you something. I was called to be a lead pastor at 19. I had to learn to self-feed at 19 years old. And I was only saved when I was 18. I preached everything I knew. I had, to, I had to find an altar. I had to pursue a call. I had to motivate myself to prayer and to the reading of the word and to have something in me that pursued God. I'm telling you, the proof of desire is in our pursuit of him. But there, there's so many people, I'm called, I'm called, I'm called, and they're blowing bubbles in the spirit realm, and really they're just trying to get accolades from everybody that they're called if you're called to preach don't wait for the pulpit on Sunday morning go preach in the nursing homes go preach on the streets if you're called start a Bible study and and get people to come and teach the word What, what are you doing to me pastor if you've only asked Jesus in your heart don't let me come running you down saying You've been water baptized? You've been water baptized? By golly, get water baptized. Run us down. Run us down. Be excited to make a public profession of faith. Be excited about what God has done in your life and you want to tell others about it. Be excited about that. 
You know, if you notice in your inserts, um, it just says fullness and then it's blank. I don't think I'm going to have notes for you the next however long we're in this. We may go past Pentecost on this. Because the Lord told me to be fluid on this. And all I want, all that I want you to get right now. Chad, people, people that are seeking. All I want you to get right now is revelation of this. Well, because of the cross, my sins are forgiven. I died with him. I, I, I died with him 2,000 years ago. My body of sin died with Christ 2,000 years ago. See, the devil will tell you you're still alive to sin. No, you're not. You died with Christ 2,000 years ago. And then the second thing I want you to get is just as Jesus was raised from the dead, the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. You're a pioneer of a new life. The, 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 here's the scripture on that. Romans 8, 11 through 12. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to you in your mortal body. Somebody say, that's the body I'm living in right now. I'm not talking about your resurrected body when you don't deal with sin any longer. He'll give you victory in this body. You do not have to live in depression. Oh Lord, I hate it when he, musicians, you can come. I hate it when he tells me to be transparent. But for some reason, I woke up this morning paralyzed with fear. Paralyzed. I'm talking jaw shaking. That's why I always ask you guys, please pray for me. Please cover me with prayer. This morning I woke up. I woke up about 10 till 6. I woke up at 10 till 6. It took me till 7. Because I've learned don't get out of bed like that. It took me till 7.10. It took me, it took me, it took me about an hour and 15 minutes to quote Psalms 23. Because Psalms 23 what I quote every day. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. There's nothing I'm wanting for today. There's nothing I'm lacking for today. He makes me lie down in cream pastures. Lord, you nourish me from your word. You sustain me by your power. You put me in green pastures where I feed upon you. You lead me beside the still waters. You give me peace. Peace stand as guard and garrison over my lying mind, my lying mind, my lying thoughts, and my heart that is afraid. Lord, you, you, you restore my soul. You give me that peace. Yea, though I, it took me an hour and 15 minutes to feel like I could function today. So don't give me this sad story. You can overcome. And here's the deal. Here's what I want you to get today. I didn't fight my way through. 
See, here's, don't play a note yet. I didn't fight my way through this morning. We think we're supposed to roll up our sleeves and fight and be aggressive. I didn't fight my way through today. I rested my way through today. I rested. I rested. So yes, the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in me. And that resurrection power resurrected me today. So I could stand and preach the word to you today. Sometimes I have to do that every day. Sometimes. Sometimes I don't have to do that for a month. Where are you at? So all I want you to get right now is this. Because of the cross, I'm forgiven of my sins. I'm born again. Because Jesus was raised from the dead, I live new life. Third thing, because Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, Ephesians says that I am seated with Him. I have authority. I'm seated with Christ in the same chair with Christ in heavenly places. And the fourth thing is because Jesus was exalted, the Holy Spirit is outpouring. And I'm a benefactor of that outpouring. That's the first thing I wanted you to get. The second thing I wanted you to get was, first of all, where are you at in your journey? Every head bowed and eyes closed. Say, Pastor Brian, I am at the first step of the journey. I need to ask Jesus into my heart. I'm not even saved today. I'm not even saved today. Would you raise up your hand? I want to see your hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand in the back. God bless you in the back. Anybody else say, I need to do the first one. I see that hand in the middle to my left. Anybody else? Come on, join these people in receiving Jesus. Right now, the Holy Spirit is convicting you. Some of your heartbeat has raised. Your, your, your heartbeat is raised and the Spirit's telling you, the Holy Spirit's saying, you need to be saved. Come on, give me your heart today. Do this. Come on, who else? I, I feel like there's another one. Who else says, I need Jesus today? Come on, I feel like there's another one. I'm feeling God say, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Come on, lift up your hand and say, I want to be born again. See that hand. Come on. Okay, that's the first baptism. I see that hand. That's the first baptism. Okay? Second baptism. Who says, I've received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, but I have not been water baptized? And I want to... You know what some people say? I don't want to get water baptized because it messes my hair up. Really? I don't want to be water baptized because my shirt sticks to me and everybody sees I'm overweight. Really? Jesus hung on a cross. Come on. Who says I need to be water baptized? Raise your hand. I see these hands all over the place. I've never been water baptized. Raise up your hand. I need to, be, I need to do that second thing, water baptism. Amen? Third one. Third one. 
Who says, Pastor Brian, I'm a believer. I've been born again. I've been water baptized. But I don't think I've received the Holy Spirit that you're preaching about today like you preached it. Lift up your hands all over this place. Come on, I know there's a lot on that one. Lift up your hands all over this place. I don't know if I've received the Holy Spirit like that. Amen? Amen. Here's what we're going to do. To me, the altar is the most important part of Sunday worship. It's all about putting faith into action. We're not called just to hear Bible preaching on Sunday morning, but we're called to do something with it. And I'm going to ask you to square your shoulders and be bold today. Everybody that raised your hand. It's the most, the, the, the altar, the most significant life change that happens, happens at the altar. When we say altar, we mean place of prayer. When God called me to preach, He said, Brian, two things. Preach the Bible and get people to pray at the altar. When I moved to Chicagoland, I, I was like, well, people don't do that in Chicagoland. They don't go up, they don't, re, they don't do that. And, and I tried to change that for a long time and be seeker-friendly or whatever. But the Lord's been kicking my tail saying, you do what I've told you to do. And, and, and that's preach the Word and tell people you need to experience God in a place of prayer at the front in the altar. So I'm going to ask, any, if you raised your hand on any of those three things, um, I want you to, I want, in a minute I'm going to ask everybody to stand to their feet. And then I want everybody to boldly just walk out of your seat at the same time and come to the front. Come to the front and say, I want to give Jesus my heart. Everybody look at me just a second. If you raised your hand to receive Christ, I want you to come right in this area, okay? If you raised your hand to be water baptized, I want you to come in this area. And Larry and Michelle are going to collect your names. And we're going to get back with you about water baptism. I want you to come right here. They're going to pray with you. And then they're going to help you. And if you came because you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, then I want you to stand just all over the place behind them. Okay, is everybody clear on that? Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you will give us courage today. Lord, I pray that you will cause us to act upon the Word and not just be a hearer today. But that we will move out and we will accept this message and and, and we will proclaim this message and we will seek Your face in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. For more information and to stay up to date with what's happening in the life of Church on the Rock, please visit us on the web at cotrag.org. Thanks again for tuning in.